This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org. I mentioned Sunday that in February, starting on the second Wednesday night of February, we'll have first Wednesday on February, but on the second, Sam and I are going to start a class. Um, we, we do classes every now and then called CLIs, Christian Life Intensive. It's a classroom kind of environment. You'll, if you're in the class, you get a textbook, and uh, we'll be teaching, and, uh, and it kind of, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a little bit deeper kind of stuff, but we're going to be dealing with all about the, the doctrine of salvation, and, and a lot of times when we think of salvation, what do we think of? The day I accepted Christ, but salvation is way, way broader than that. You know, salvation is not just that moment in time. Salvation is what's happening in your life right now. Salvation is what's going to happen in your eternity. And so we're going to be talking all about answering questions like, uh, how do I know that I'm saved? Uh, What if I really mess up? Can my salvation be taken away from me? Um, You know, and just lots and lots of things about salvation, the textbook we're going to use. And Sam's going to have information Sunday about, about the text because Sam... Has, a, has an in, I think, to getting some good deals on that. But it's Earl Rodmacher, who uh, is uh, Dean Emeritus of Western Baptist Theological Seminary. It's his book that he wrote. It's very readable. It's not, you don't have to be a seminary student to do this class, um, but uh, it's a very readable book. I know because I've already started reading it, and I kind of get it. And so uh, we'll be uh, using that book along with the scriptures, and um, it'll be a great, great uh, opportunity. It's going to be on Wednesday nights, the ninth, starting the ninth of February, and all those Wednesday nights for about eight or nine Wednesday nights, leading us into April. We'll skip first Wednesday, and and when in March when we have a crest meeting, we'll skip those Wednesday nights. But the other Wednesday nights, we'll have class. I'd encourage you to take it, and uh, it's not in place of your connection group. So don't say I'm going to do this, but I'm dropping out of my connection group. We'll slap you silly. Okay, it's not in place of your connection group. It's in addition to. But we hope that you'll join us for that. Um, I'm, 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 I'm excited about sitting down and listening to Sam teach myself. So, um, so we're going to do that together. So that's coming up. So a lot of, we've got some things happening that we're very excited about. We have dates coming up again. The end of January into the first week of February, we're going to be hosting a room at the inn one more time. And so we want you to get keyed up for that. So we're excited about that. And uh, that's coming up in less than a month. So... Uh, just to re- let you know about those things that are that are coming down the pike. We've had a great Christmas season. I hope you have, and a great New Year. And hope we're settling back into normalcy uh, tonight. Uh, a bunch of ladies are sticking around afterwards, and we're going to take down our Christmas decorations and uh, get those put away for us. And so we're thankful for uh, the Christmas season and uh, looking forward to to the winter time. I'm I'm really excited about the series we're doing on Sunday morning uh, that that we started this past Sunday. So. Um, I hope you'll be uh, be here each Sunday and, and get in on that. Um, I'm uh, I'm not much of a fisherman. Now, some of you are. I've been fishing with some of the best. I've been fishing with George Farah. George Farah took me out to the Gulf Stream one time, and we got out there and we tried fishing out there where that water is just blue, blue, blue. And uh, and we were out there for a little while. We were out there with Matt and uh, and Pascal Glock and. Uh, and we weren't out there too long, and I just said, George, we've got to go back in because whatever I had eaten that day was about to, and I just said, we can't stay out here. And uh, um, so, and we have some great pictures of the fish we caught that day. I gave George one here recently. We caught some whoppers out in the, the deep blue sea. But I'm not much of a fisherman, um, 
Uh, and one of the reasons is, you know, I like to fish if I'm catching fish. I'm not one of those guys who say, I'm going to go out to the pier, or I'm going to go out to the surf, or I'm going to go out to the pond and just spend the day and just kind of enjoy just sitting there and, and nothing's happening. Either I'm catching fish or I'm going to go do something else, okay? And uh, I, so I like to catch fish if I'm catching fish. But I've done enough fishing, and I'm pretty proficient at this part of fishing. I've done enough fishing that I know that one of the problems that I often encounter while in fishing is that for some reason, whenever I fish, it didn't, didn't happen that day, George. I think the water was too deep. But uh, I have this, this propensity uh, for when I'm fishing for my fishing line, my hook to get hooked on something that isn't a fish. You know, you're fishing and it snabs a, a branch that's underwater, or if you're out in the sound, maybe in the oyster bed, or a rock or something is under there, you know, that's not a fish, and your hook grabs it, and you, at first you go, oh boy, and your hook, you know, is doing this number, you go, oh yeah, and you're pulling it, and you realize that's not a fish on there. And, uh, you know, it, it's a pain when that happens, and if you can't work loose a snag, um, you know, you, you, one of two things happens. You either break your line, or you have to cut your line, because, I mean, you just can't throw your rod in the water and say, okay, I give up, you know. Um, well, you can. Uh, and some people probably have, you know, but uh, you, you shouldn't do that. But either way, either the line breaks or you cut the line. Either way, you lose your hook, you lose your sinker, your lure, whatever it has. And, and then you reel in the, the line with nothing on the end of it. And you either take your line and put a new rig on it and go back and fish again. Or if you're like me, sometimes you just quit and you don't try it again. And that kind of thing really frustrates, frustrates me. Any of y'all had that experience while you're fishing? Okay, so I'm not the only doofus out there with, you know, when we go fishing. The other doofus is here with me. Thank you. you know, and it costs time and it costs money when, when that happens. You'll lose your, your stuff in the water, your rig and your sinker, and maybe you got this real expensive lure on there or whatever, and you'll lose all that kind of thing. And, and, uh, and, and all the, the time that you're struggling on getting that loose or you're cutting it and you're retying it and putting everything back on, the fish are laughing at you because you're not catching them. You know, they're just in the water having a great time realizing this guy is like, what a... And so that goes on. And, but one of the things that I have learned in these experiences, and I, and I go back, started fishing back when I was a kid in the creek behind the house and all that. One of the things that I learned is when you cast out there and you get snagged on something under the water. You can't see it. If you saw it, you'd be stupid to cast there. You know, there's something under that's going to catch my, my rig. But when you do get caught on it and it does, you have a hard time getting it loose or you have to cut it, whatever. One of the things that I've learned is, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty tel- intelligent guy. I've learned, don't cast in that same spot again, Rick. You know, don't throw it back there because chances are, you know, it's going to get you again. And so I don't want to get snagged again. Our lives um, as, as Christians can be like that snagged fishing line. Sometimes there's something there in our lives that, and it may not be in our sight. We may not be able to, to visually see it. But sometimes there are things in our lives that are not in our sight maybe when we start the day, but it's going to be something unexpected is going to happen during your day, and it might end up being very costly to you. 
But instead of costing you a few bucks, you know, to replace your, your rig, um, stuff on the end of your line, instead of costing you maybe a, a couple bucks, um, it may cost you your reputation. It may, it may be even worse than that. I want to point some verses out to you. I have four verses I want to share with you tonight. And so I want you to get a Bible. And uh, if you didn't bring one, and uh, if you brought your Bible, please use it. Uh, if you didn't bring one, grab one out of the back of one of the seats or underneath the blue chairs, there should be a Bible. And, uh, and, and get a Bible out. Um, I want to point you to some verses that this evening are great verses for us to meditate <coughs> and start our year on as, we're, as this New Year's cranking up. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God's will for you, God's desire for you, Romans 8.28 says he wants you, don't turn to Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 says, Romans 8.29, 20, I think it is, it says that God's will for us is for us to be conformed to the image of his son. He wants us to mature. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, he talked about that, that we are to measure ourselves by the fullness of the stature of who? Jesus. If we're going to compare ourselves to anybody, we compare ourselves to Jesus. And so we're to mature and become like Christ. And, uh, and, and that's, God's, that's God's will for us. But maturing in our faith, which means growing in Christ and becoming more like him, requires us, if you think about the fishing illustration, requires us to ignore the snags and be free of them and not fish there where we know they are again. Let me use these scriptures to illustrate. Um, the first scripture is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews 12, 1. And uh, let me encourage you to, um, if you didn't bring your Bible, let, let me encourage you this year to get into the habit of bringing your Bible with you, um, whether it's on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, a two-year group. Always take your Bible with you. And even if we put the verses up on the screen, even if we put the verses in your outline, get in the habit of opening your Bible and looking and, uh, and getting used to using your Bible and, and, and knowing where things are and handling the Word. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, says this, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that lies before us. Let's run the race, he says. Let's lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us. Uh, you know, none of us are perfect. And, and I appreciate being in a church that I think we're, we're, we're understanding that. Uh, and we live, you know, with that realization that, that, that thank God for his grace because none of us are perfect. And by that I mean all of us, everybody in this room has sin uh, in their lives, things that we do that violate God's will, violate God's law, that, you know, that are part of what we are and what we do. And, and the sin... In the verse, it says, he, he says, the writer says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, the sin that he's speaking of is, is really that picture that I was thinking of with that fishing line. 
It's a picture of a fisherman who knows where the snag is. I've been to this fishing hole before. I've been to this spot. I know there's a problem right here. And so uh, I'm not going to fish there because I know I'm going to get snagged. But this fisherman that so easily ensnares us, the picture is of a guy that keeps going back to the same spot where he knows the snag is and he keeps casting in the same spot. And every time he does, he gets hooked on something he doesn't want. It's not a fish. It's something he can't pull up. And then he goes through the whole thing that I described earlier with his fishing line and losing his stuff and catches his line every time. The sin that so easily ensnares us. Uh, the truth in, in my life and your life is this. Every, and this includes every person in this room. Most likely, there is something in your life, a sin that keeps on tripping you up. It doesn't have to be, when we think of sin, we think of you know, the real bad stuff. It doesn't have to be theft. It doesn't have to be lying. It doesn't have to be you know, adultery. And it, it might be something that nobody else knows about and nobody else sees that you keep hidden and you keep covered really well. It might be an attitude. Um, it could be um, a self-control issue could be an anger problem, could be something like envy. But it's anything that causes us to stumble and trip in this journey that we're in of growing in Christ. And uh, as you think about this past year, maybe last year in your life, that sin that so easily ensnares us, whatever it is for you, and, and if, there, if there's 60 people in this room, there are 60 different ones probably, okay? Um, but whatever it is, maybe last year it made your life miserable because you kept on getting snagged by this one thing. God's word tells us to do what with it? Lay it aside. And that, and that, that phrase, lay it aside, uses the picture in Paul, excuse me, not Paul, but whoever wrote this, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but says, you know, he, he says, and run with endurance the race that, lies before us, the, it's, the author uses the picture of a runner. I was standing out here at the corner when the marathon, you know, came by in November and I was directing traffic and, and, and I watched runners, you know, as, as they came by, especially the ones doing the half marathon and they've been running for almost a mile or so at this point, two miles maybe. And uh, some of them, I mean, they're starting to shed clothes, you know, they're pulling shirts off you know, and, and, and getting rid of, maybe they started out with a, a, a light sweatshirt or something. They're peeling off and just tossing it and, and on the side of the road. And, and that's the picture he says. You lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares you so you can run the race. It, it means taking it off, putting it off, putting it away. Now, that's easier said than done. Okay, just take it off and that's all there is to it, right? Okay, made my new year great. I, I, I can handle that. Easier said than done. Uh, because we know it's a battle sometimes to not indulge in whatever that sin that easily ensnares you and me, whatever it is. It can be a battle. It, it can be a battle to not cast that line back in the same spot. Second verse I want us to see tonight is Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians 5.16. There is that battle that I just described. There's a battle that goes on in every believer's heart 
on one side of the battlefield, if you will, um, and one side of the battle is the army of our natural desires. And your natural desire is what is inside of you, is who you are before you became a Christian, uh, that still reigns in this mortal body that we have, um, and it's going to be there till you're free, until until either Jesus calls us home or or you die, um, and that 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 natural desire that 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 says just do whatever you want to do. Just I mean, if it feels good, do it. You know, just do whatever you want to do, and and so you know we do. Um, that natural desire is in every every believer's heart. On the one side, you have that army. On the other side, you have an army of one, really, and he is the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you if you're a Christian, and he is battling against the other side for control of your life, for control of your soul. And and he's pulling for us, you and me, uh, to choose the right and the godly and the holy choice, even if it's the hard choice. Uh, This verse, very simply, it's a great passage uh, to to go back and read over because Paul uh, writes and says, kind of explains and he, and he specifies things. And he says this in verse 16, I say then, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. All right. Now think about that. Walk by the spirit. And God says through Paul, as he's inspiring Paul to write these words, you will not satisfy the desire of the flesh. He doesn't say, maybe it won't happen. He doesn't say, 50-50 chance. What does he say? You what? Will not satisfy, fulfill the desire of the flesh. Um, the, the, the idea of walking here uh, is about, it means very simply to live. Live by the Spirit. It's about making the choice of who's going to have control of my life. My old nature that Jesus saved me from, that, you know, always gets me doing the wrong stuff, or the Spirit of God, who's going to control my life? And, and, it's, and it's not like when you say, well, okay, I'm going to walk by the Spirit. Today, Lord, I, 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 I decide, Lord, today, I choose today. Uh, you, you have control of my life. I want to walk by your spirit. You fill me with your spirit. Control me by your spirit. You wake up in the morning and you say those words to God and you go out through the day and then sometime during the day, you mess up. You know, I didn't mean to think that. I didn't mean to say that. Whatever it might be. What happened, Lord? This morning, I gave my heart completely over to your control and man, before lunchtime, I've already messed up. It's not like the moment you were born again, when you had new birth, when you, that moment in time, whenever it was in your life, and for me it was when I was a 10-year-old boy, when once and for all you believed in Jesus as your Savior, and at that point in time, God forgave you of your sin and he gave you his life. This business of walking in the Spirit is not a one-time-for-all thing. It's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing experience. It's an ongoing moment-by-moment conscious choice. You never know. Here's why that is. You never know. I never know when the temptation is going to come my way to put that sin that so easily ensnares me right before me. I never know when that's going to happen. Do you? Usually not. Not unless I plan to do it. That's another whole ballgame. 
But usually, you know, it, it's, you know I'm, I don't know that it's going to happen. You never know when it's going to come. And so walking in the Spirit means I'm constantly aware of my need to depend on Him and trust Him. Constantly aware. Moment by moment, step by step. That's why, you know, the, the psalmist wrote, God's Word is a light, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. You know, and you think of them carrying a, back in those days, they didn't have a, a big flashlight, you know. Um, they had a, a little lantern, candle. And they could essentially see one or two steps ahead of them. That's all they could see as they walked. And it's an ongoing step-by-step thing. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, so if I choose to walk in the Spirit and it's, I'm constantly aware of my need to depend on Him and trust in Him, that does not mean, please understand, that you'll no longer be tempted. Okay, God, I've given you, boy, all day long, I'm just kind of, every time I, uh, Lord, watch my, my eyes and watch my mouth and guard what I hear and what I think. And all day long, you're, you're kind of just in that kind of um, uh, thought and, and, and uh, choice to God have control of my life. It doesn't mean you won't be tempted. By the way, temptation's not sin. Uh, I, hope you, I hope you know that. If nobody's ever told you that, it's, it's not a sin to be tempted. Temptation's not sin. But then again, if, I'm, if I know where the snag is, if I know where the sin that so easily ensnares me lies and I know where it hangs out, uh, I'm kind of dumb to keep fishing in that spot, right? You understand what I'm saying? Don't go back there. But temptation, and if I know I'm going to go somewhere and I know there's going to be temptation there and I know I have a, trouble, I have a problem with that, I'm, I'm really stupid to say, oh, well, I'm going to go there anyway and let's see what happens. Uh, don't keep putting yourself in situations where you know the temptation is strong to test God's strength. It's, it's like somebody who's a diabetic saying, I get, I'm so excited, I just got a job in a candy shop. You know, That's probably not a good thing, especially if your other easily ensnared problem is, I like to eat candy, you know, and, and so it's not going to be a good thing for you, not a good job. We know that temptation is not sin, by the way. One of the ways, the, the, for me, the main reason I know temptation is not sin is because Jesus was tempted. He was tempted, yet he never sinned. And we know also that temptation is, uh, is not sin. We know that God promises that with every temptation, he gives us an escape route. With every temptation. Look with me at, at 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. God knows that we're going to be tempted. He knows it. But the scriptures tell us here, He's watching our back. He's got us covered. He's guarding us. He's aware. God knows, you know, I can't see beyond that light one or two steps. God can see all the way through eternity for my life. So he knows what's coming down my path before I do. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. So please don't say, Boy, nobody's ever had anything like this happen in their life but me. I'm the only person in the history of the world that's ever had this temptation. That's not what it says. God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide a what? A way of escape so that you're able to bear it, to bear what? To bear the temptation, to withstand it, to get away from it so you don't succumb to it, so you don't submit to the sin. He's looking out for us. 
And it says no temptation has overtaken you. That's not common to everybody. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. And with every temptation, he gives you a way out. It's kind of like God saying to me, Rick, see, you, that sin that so easily ensnares you, that's nobody's fault but your own. It's nobody's fault but your own that you've done that. One more scripture, Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13. So before you say, all right, Rick, I've tried to keep away. I've tried to stop thinking like that. I've tried counting to 10. I've tried holding my breath. I've tried quitting and nothing works with that sin that I've been thinking of that you reminded me of. Thank you very much. I've been trying I've tried quitting and nothing works. Listen to, listen to what God has to say about that. In Philippians 4.13, Paul says this, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, back in the, in the verse to the Corinthians, he said, above that you are able. God won't give you, allow temptation. God won't allow temptation to come in your life that's stronger than you're able to bear. Paul then, in this verse, uses that same word. He says, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. So where do I get the strength, by the way, to resist the temptation? It can't be my own. Paul says, I can resist every temptation. So if you've tried and you've tried and you've made resolution after resolution and you've even prayed about it, God, take this away from me, um, nothing's worked. This verse really explains why. And the answer is very, very simple, although we don't always like to hear it. So I prayed and I went forward in church one day and got down on my knees and begged God. But see, you had to get back up off your knees and go live life. You're trying in your own strength and you're trying in your own ability. And you said, I can do this. Yes, you can through Christ. By yourself, no, you can't. So it's, it's time to give up doing what you can't do on your own, all alone. God's promise is pretty clear. He says, I can do what things? I can do some things. He says, I can do all things. All things through Christ, and he's the source of our strength. So let me wrap it up like this. Where are you fishing this year? Number one, identify the sin that keeps snagging you. I mean, just call it by name, you know. You don't, and I'm not one of those TV preachers that says, declare it by name, speak the name aloud to the devil. You know, we're not going there. Just identify what it is. Be honest about it. Whatever that, that nagging, snagging, easily ensnaring sin is, come clean and say, this is what my problem is. And get out of the denial. Number two, Walk every day with the Spirit. You picture your mind, you're on a walk with the Holy Spirit. Now you're walking with, your, with the Holy Spirit. You can't go for a walk with him and at the same time be holding on to sinful things at the same time. Can't do that. Walk every day with the Spirit because if you're holding on to other things, they're going to be pulling you away from him. and You're not going to go down the path he's leading. Number three, when temptation surprises you, 
look for the escape. Look for the escape uh, because God says it's there. There's some way to get out of it. Whether, and it might just be simply saying no. It might be turning it off. Right? It might, might be saying, get that evil dessert tray away from me now. You know, it might, whatever it might be, there is an escape route. God provides it. It's there. Number four, admit simply that I'm not strong enough to keep from sinning. I'm not. You aren't either. Not strong enough to stop sinning. But Christ in me is strong enough to keep me from sinning. He is. So we have no excuses. I hope this year um, we learn to practice more and more in our lives, not only the growth, but the holiness that goes with that and, and saying no and, and relying on his strength and getting to his word. All right, would you pray with me? And Andy's going to come up and lead us in communion. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.